Welcome, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. It is July 22nd. It is a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. As the weekend is approaching, we got a good UFC card tomorrow. Baseball is back. We're betting on the CFL. We're betting on the WNBA and winning, except for yesterday. A little bad beat there, but so far, so good in the WNBA for us here at Farley Betts. Follow me at Farley Betts across all social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Catch me at the 33rd team now as their head of betting there with Ryan Reynolds. Going to produce a lot of great content for the NFL there. Check out my articles at all times at theoddsbreakers.com, the podcast here at theoddsbreakers.com, all the constant writers and podcasts and everything that's going on at theoddsbreakers.com. Kevin and his crew just keeping it churning all the time. Uh, so check us out at the Odds Breakers across social media and www.theoddsbreakers.com as well. If you go to that main page at the Odds Breakers, check out my premium packages, giving out huge discounts upcoming. It's going to end around August uh, for these discounts in the NFL and the NBA. I could sell just NFL picks to you, NBA. You could sell both. Give me for a month, a year. But as you know, well documented by now. Don't want to keep on regurgitating this. Ugh, I don't want to you know, throw up on this mic. I'm saying it so many times. But fifth place circuit winner in, in the NFL circuit contest last year. 114K cash prize. We're pretty good at betting the NFL. Career, 57% win percentage in the NBA as well. Over 130 units won. So come along for the ride for the NBA and the NFL with your boy here at Farley Bets. And I promise you will not be disappointed we're going to be back on the bet us nba show this year too every day at four o'clock i think it's still going to be at four o'clock when the nba season starts so look forward to that and as always this show is being sponsored by betrivers.com for a 100 sign up bonus up to 250 dollars 250 big ones please use the promo code farley odds terms conditions and location apply you can also use the promo code OB odds just to support the odds breakers in general or Farley odds. If you want to support me specifically, just so grateful to be here with the odds breakers and being able to, you know, work on my brand, uh, work on my voice, get this podcast out there, get my bets out there, my betting philosophies out there. Uh, so exciting times, man. The NFL is only a few weeks away. I just listened to Kiev's podcast with Brian Edwards on College football, that was a fantastic podcast in the SEC and their power ratings. Just the football content, man, it's overflowing. And I'm just I'm just so excited for everything that's coming up. I'm of course, going to enter into the circuit contest again. Me and Steve going to have two entries in that. I'm going to be entering into Survivor as well. Very excited about that. Probably enter into some other ancillary contests as well. But as we all know, Circa Millions, that's the big boy. That's the big one. Um, I mean arguably the biggest sports betting contest in the world. And that's why we're so proud of our fifth place finish last year. Let's see if we can do it again. Today we have a great show. Many of you may not know who this is. And that stinks for you because you probably should. His name is Sherwood. And you can find him at www.sportswagers.ca. This is a Canadian site, .ca. And Sherwood, in short, is the man. I've been reading his write-ups, his betting picks for probably five to 10 years now. He's been doing this for a very long time. 
He handicaps the CFL, MLB, NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football, you name it. And his write-ups are always so comprehensive, so well-written. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a writing dork. You know, I like to write. I think I'm pretty good at it. That's the, I mean, I'm not, you know, nobody's a perfect writer, right? We're not like Hemingway's here in the betting industry, but I think there's a way that you can write stuff to where more people understand it, right? It makes sense. You're learning from what you're reading. You're not just, you know, ingesting all this random data. And Sherwood does that better than most that I read online in the betting world. He's just a very, very good uh, writer for his handicaps. So check him out at sportswagers.ca. It's a little promo for him. All of his picks are always free. You can donate to him on his site, and it's worth it because he wins pretty much always long-term, and I know he keeps track of all of his records right below, all of his write-ups. So very transparent guy, very bright guy. I've been in the industry for a long time. Very excited to have him on my show because, like, even the fact that I have him on my show is crazy. I've been reading his shit for so long. It's like I'm having Sherwood on my show, and I know he probably doesn't think about himself that way at all, but – very excited to have him on today. You can follow him too at SportsWagers3 on Twitter, where he will tweet out some of his latest write-ups and some of those results. And with that, before we get started with Sherwood, just a little reminder, just a little cautionary tale here. We're about to enter a very, very busy time of the year. And this is one of the reasons why I loved Bang the Book podcast, which isn't around anymore. Adam Burke over there at VSIN doing a fantastic job over there. But he always used to talk about this on Bang the Book, and I love that he would always mention this. You know, just talking about stomaching and surviving and, you know, navigating the busy, 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 busy world of sports betting where, let's face it, guys, if we win 55% of the time, so that still means we're losing 45% of the time, it's, it's really good, right? Like we're considered experts but we're still losing 45% of the time. I mean, that's that's a lot of losing. Um, so it's not easy to stomach that all the time. It's not easy to persevere in this industry, especially if you're, you know, a, a blossoming sports better. You're trying to put yourself out there in social media, on Twitter, you know, maybe making videos or whatever. I get it. I mean, this stuff, it is not easy to constantly put yourself out there. You're not going to win 100% of the time. You're going to lose very often, too. You're going to go on cold streaks. So it's just really important to take care of yourself. Make a plan for yourself as we as we get nearer here to the NFL season. You know, most of America, we love the NFL for good reason. I love the NFL more than any other sport by a wide margin. And just football in general, college football Saturdays, NFL on Sundays. I know for me, then I have the NBA in late October, so things get really, really busy. Um, so I need to have a plan too. you know, I'm kind of talking to myself here, have a plan to be able to manage your days. You know, you don't have to force picks ever. Sometimes the best bet is the one that's left off the board, right? Cause you really don't have a great handle on it. Um, and make yourself comfortable when you're making your picks, doing your write-ups, placing wagers, put yourself in a comfortable space to where, you know, that you don't have to worry about anything on the exterior, right? Nothing ancillary. Um, because you want to make yourself like I, the reason why I'm saying this is because recently I went on a little vacation. Uh, this was a few weeks back and I was just out of my comfort zone. You know, I just, I was just, I just wasn't feeling right. And the losses just kept on coming. And I'm like, does this has, have anything to do with the fact that I just feel a little, a little, 
out of place, right? Displaced. I just feel displaced. Um, and it's just not a good feeling, right? Like you need a routine. In my opinion, you, you probably need a routine in sports betting because you need to lock in to your process, to your philosophies. So make life around you comfortable when you're navigating, looking at lines, right? Or doing your write-ups, actually placing these wagers. Put yourself in a spot with less pressure, less stress. Uh, you know, and then after that, go on, you know, go on adventures, live life, take risks. Definitely. But in the sports betting world, man, I just feel like you have to take it easy on yourself in your in your process whenever you're prepping and everything, because it's it's easy to easy to throw yourself off, to question your own perspectives, right? And shit is about to get really busy with the NFL and then the NBA on top of it and college football and college basketball on top of it. I mean, my goodness, it's the best time of year. It's the busiest time of year. So take care of yourselves. Uh, Don't take anything too seriously at the end of the day, right? We're all just trying our own theories and philosophies in sports betting. There are, there are definitely proven methods. You know, you got to learn from the best handicappers out there, but nobody knows everything. Nobody hits at a hundred percent and, you know, just take it easy on yourself because, and trust me, I understand. Okay. With that, Let's invite Sherwood, the big Sherwood, onto the show to talk about his background and his philosophy in sports betting, maybe even get some free picks out of him. Let's go. Sherwood on a Friday. Let's get this thing rolling. Okay, Sherwood, welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. It's so awesome to finally have you on here. I've been putting you off for a little bit, appointments, busyness, you know, so thank you for being so patient with me. But for those of our listeners who may not know about you or your site or your background, just give us a little background. How, how did you get into this sports betting thing and how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it a really long time, Farley, a really long time. As far back as I can remember, I was gambling. In fact, uh, way back in 1977, I was about, I don't know, 16 years old. That's when the Blue Jays first came into existence. I was selling newspapers outside of the Blue Jays stadium for a quarter apiece in their first year as the people were coming out, you know, after the game was over. I was selling so many papers that I applied to get this kiosk in downtown Toronto selling newspapers, which I did. I got it. I was really young. And I started selling newspapers on the street And you're sitting there all day long with nothing to do. And I started studying baseball pitchers. And, you know, then I started gambling with, you know, bookies and all that stuff. So ever since then, I've been I've been studying and 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 gambling ever since, man. And just like anyone else, I had a lot of growing pains. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it's crazy. I think probably almost 10 years ago now. I remember first finding your site, and to this day, uh, Sherwood, on my phone, I have a few pages that are bookmarked, right, that I like to, you know, just compare my takes with, you know, and your sure. your, your page remains one of those, and w- one of the things that I really love about your page, and uh, for those of you who didn't hear at the start of this podcast, that's sportswagers.ca, uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about it, and I think that you have a particular skill in is being able to write about your picks in a way that you, you know, you're actually teaching us something. You're describing the angles and, you know, probably like three to five reasons, right? Why you bet any one, um, you know, wager, right? Bet. Um, and, you know, that kind of comprehensive, but very 
digestible way to write. I just don't find that very often in the sports betting industry. I try to write like that as well, but you are one of the models for that. Um, so how long have you had sportswagers.ca? How long has that been around? It's been around since the internet was still in the infancy stage. So mm. it's around 20, 21 years, something like that. I wow. actually started, I used to write for this magazine called the gambler magazine and, uh, the uh, publisher of that magazine, he allowed me to put my website on the bottom, you know, after every article. And that's when I said, yeah, I'll just try it. You know, I'll just create this Mickey Mouse website. I'm doing the work anyway. And with the magazine, it kind of picked up steam. And that's how that got started. So um, it was really just sort of, a, you know, not really a serious thing at the time, but it, it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. So that's where we're at now. We have a lot of followers. Um, the magazine went extinct many years ago, like many magazines, many publications, but the website has remained pretty strong. We have a great following and I really appreciate you saying that, you know, I, as you know, Farley, a lot of work goes into that. Like even one write-up that you see that might only be a couple of paragraphs. That's, you know, two or three hours worth of work. So I think you have an understanding of what it takes to write all these games up. And we do every NFL game. We try and cover as much as we can. So it's pretty extensive. And uh, we have a very loyal following. And uh, that's the key is education. Like the picks don't really mean that much. Right. You know, you're going to win, you're going to lose. It's the education, which is what we're trying to uh, emphasize more than the actual picks. It's the education and the approach on how to beat the game. Because nobody can predict games. You know that. Right. Nobody in the history of sports betting has been able to predict games, and nobody ever will. It's just the education, the approach. Right. So much variance in every game. So many things have to go right for you to win a football game, a baseball game, a hockey game. It's all in-game variance. But if you use the right approach, the right strategy, as opposed to trying to predict games, you'll be a much better sports better. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is a frustrating world to kind of, convey that message to right because absolutely like, true yeah i mean everything is immediate right like what have you done for me lately what have you done for me today that's um, true and you know my buddies at sports waging university they i think you know they would love to hear your perspective too because that's what it's all about right just prepping yourself and others too right if you um, offer you know offer some picture write-ups to understand how to how to at least attempt to gain an edge uh, you know, and if you stick to those philosophies and processes over time, you will win over time. Right. But it's not about one day, one week, even one month, even one year. I mean, this is all this is all long term stuff. Uh, and, you know, variance amounts to bad beats and good beats and everything in between. Right. So exactly right. Um, I mean, once you make your wager, there's nothing you can do about it. There's right. no, you're, it's completely out of your control after you make your wager. You know, yep. the only thing you can do is get as best educated as you can before the game starts and make your wager based on that. Make it based on inflated numbers. 
right? Like when you want one of my favorite bets is primetime NFL games, the reaction to those Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night games the following week. Because everybody sees those games, you know, they're highly focused. They're these, um, you know, singled out games that everybody watches. And that's where the biggest over and under reactions occur. Yeah. Forget what happened. When you watch the games, it can poison your mind. It can, like, I watch the games, of course. You know, we all do. And it can poison your mind. Like, you watch a game and you're like, how can I even bet this team next week? But everybody saw that same thing. And the following week, a team that got blown out on Sunday night or Monday night or, is going to be inflated. The price on them is going to be inflated. And that's just one of the angles, you yeah. know, that we always look at, like inflated and over and under reactions. And then, of course, the media influence. Because when a team gets blown out, the NFL 24-hour newswire talks oh, yeah. about it all week and it influences people you know and like, the sport yeah the sports books they have to come out with a number right the point spread the great equalizer we call it that will balance the books you know the 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 object of the point spread is to create equal amounts on both sides but that doesn't happen it rarely happens you know so we always get inflated doesn't mean you're going to win. But if you're going with inflated prices, you put yourself in a great position to win. Yeah, let's talk about that because you always look and you always seem to find value in your plays. I mean, I would say value in places where a lot of people would be a little trigger shy, right, to actually execute those wagers. Like I remember you would always do the uh, – now, you know, this is dating me back and, you know, proving how much I used to read your stuff. You um, used to do the uh, course field angle all the time, right, where – a team comes Fantastic. into Coors Field. Maybe they're a better team than the Rockies, but it's in Coors Field, and you know those balls can fly, right? Yeah, so you absolutely. took advantage of those um, um, yeah. alternate lines. Can you exactly? Yeah, can you just give us a little um, insight into your process? You mentioned you know two to three hours for some of these um, write-ups. So like, what's a day in the life of uh, Sherwood? You know, from the time you wake up from the time you go to bed. I mean, how much time are you spending on this? And you know, just like some aspects of your process yeah i mean i'm a, I, I watch the at night i go to bed after the last pitch of the night or the final bell or whatever and then i wake up early and i'm always looking at the prices all day long you know so i'm studying the pitchers and baseball i'm i always try like on sunday night after the last nfl game uh, you know, I'll always predict what I think the spread is going to be the following week to see how close I am, and then I'll compare, and uh, I'll just keep looking for the value. I'll look yeah. at the over and under reactions every single day. Not so much in baseball, because baseball is every single day. Baseball, I've been studying pitchers forever. You know, the betting line is based on pitchers, but the good news about that is that pitchers are having less of an impact today than ever before. Like even getting five innings out of it out of a pitcher uh, is 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 you know somewhat rare these days. So I'll look at the pitchers and I'll just look for the value over and under reactions to pitchers with great records, great ERAs, great surface stats, and that's what I'm looking at every day. I'm looking at strand rate in baseball. 
I'm looking at strand rates. I'm just looking at overvalued pitchers mm-hmm. where luck has a massive role in the outcome of games and the outcome of pitch breaks. There was a pitcher for Toronto, Marco Estrada, that was just defying logic over a couple of years, and then he disappeared off the face of the earth, you know? And there's pitchers like that every year, like yeah. Adam Wainwright, for one. You know, this guy is 40 years old. He's got an ERA of three. You know, he, he doesn't strike out anybody. It just so happens that over the last year or two, every ball hit is being hit at someone. And that's just luck. So there's going to be regression, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for regression, misleading surface stats. And then that doesn't just it doesn't just apply to baseball. It applies to everything. It applies to football, you know, misleading favorites, mis like one like Really, you know, and I know, Farley, when, you know, these these broadcasters or panels or whatever, when they're talking about the game, they're talking about teams. They're ta- the only thing that matters is wins and losses. That's right. the only thing that matters to them is wins and losses. Well, that's an area we can exploit because so many of those records are are misleading. You know, like the Steelers last year, such a misleading record the entire year. And then they got to the playoffs and there was a decent number, a deflated number, and they got blown out. So, I mean, that's just one example, and it doesn't mean you're going to win, but that's the approach. Looking for under-priced, undervalued pitchers, overvalued teams, overvalued pitchers, overvalued stats, misleading stats, and that's really the process in every sport for me. Yeah, you know, the I try to tell people too, like if you if you watch other people drive, right? I mean, that alone, right? The traffic, the highways, the kind of things you experience on the road, that's a pretty good indication of how much variance there is from you know the human element alone, right? Just people do wild things that you can never ever predict. Uh, and human element is a great. I mean, you just can't take it out of anything. Right, it's a great point. I mean, and I think that's why I enjoy capping the pro sports the most, right? Because the public and the media, they're building these narratives and perceptions about these players and teams and people, you know, hook, line and sinker are just kind of following through like, oh yeah, this player is great. This team is great. They're going to be a superstar. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, you know, this person, I, I, I haven't seen where this person is going to be a superstar or, you know, maybe yes, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? But that, but that human element is such a huge part of it too. How much, like if you had to break down your process, I mean, obviously the biggest part of any process for all of us sports bettors should be watching the lines. Where's the value, right? I and mean, that's where it starts, right? Exactly. But as far right. as, you know, the human element data, you know, like what's, um, how much, how much weight do these various factors carry for you? You know, let's say in a sport like the NFL. So much criteria. You know, I don't single in on one criteria. There's a confluence of factors that go into every game. You know, you look at who they're playing next week. You look at who they just played. You look at injuries, too. There's always reactions to injuries. Like, that's another incredible factor, right? Like, I know injuries matter. I know they affect the game. But... People like talk about it like the odds makers don't know that these guys are out. When they put out a line, they know who's in and who's out. They know it's factored in. So when you get a key player that's out, right, most people, I call them injury chasers, they're betting the team 
against those injured players. Whereas we, me, and I've seen you do it too, is you take these teams that have injured players because the line is inflated. Yeah. We're getting more points than we should be because there's an overreaction. So you have all that, like, you'll never see me predicting a game. You know, like there's a game tonight on a CFL game, Edmonton and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You can't bet Edmonton. How are you going to bet that team, right? <laughs> if you're making a prediction. And if you watch these panels on TV, like for the NFL or college football, you get these former players and coaches and they can't wrap their head around a seven point or a six point or a five point underdog, even winning the game. They can't wrap their head around it, you know, because they don't understand the in-game variance. Like you never see them predicting an underdog of seven point winning outright. Like to them, that's, it's, it's not even in their realm, you know? So we take all these, all this criteria, everything, the injuries, the inflated, the public perception, the uh, uh, over and under reactions from the last time they played. And it builds a confluence of factors. And if you can choose the right ones every single week, you got a really good chance of winning. Yeah. The uh, So the CFL is a sport that I'm just starting to really handicap. Um, I got my ass kicked last night. I, I um, had the Red Blacks. I think you did too on your site. Um, you know, to win straight up money line. I thought that was a good spot for, you know, typically a losing team, but it's a good spot for them to finally exactly get away. Right. It didn't happen, right? Uh, but boy, a lot of scoring on that one. And then and then and then I had the over in the late game between the Stampeders um and uh the Tiger uh, Cats and the, yeah, Lions. Yeah, the Tiger Cats, yeah. and that was like I couldn't I couldn't figure out what was going on there. You know, that's a bit yeah. of variance too, right? I mean, the two great offenses in the in the CFL, but a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, so it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, about not being able to predict the outcome of games. It's just impossible. You know, you can talk about what's going to happen in the trenches. And, you know, you got a great team against the run playing a team that can't run the ball. So they're going to be for all that stuff is bullshit, man. (laughs) Like all that stuff is just it's just something to talk about. You know, it means nothing. It absolutely means nothing. But. All these, you know, so-called experts and um, uh, uh, pundits and whatever you want to call them, that's what they talk about. That is their basis for making, like, they're all predicting, all of them, very few people are not predicting outcome of games. And that's where I come in, where I, and I know you have that same approach most of the time, you know, you cannot predict the outcome of games. It's impossible. No one has ever been able to do it in the history of sports. You know, you take the four major sports. You know, I'm not going to be the first. So-and-so is not going to be the first. All these new betters, they're not going to – you can't predict outcomes. You must look for value. You must put all that criteria, you know, the human element, which you mentioned earlier. You know, is it a letdown? Is it a big spot? Is it a – you know, uh, a rivalry game. Did they have a big win last week? And, you know, you got all these uh, all these media types writing about a team, how great they are, and they read the stuff too. They read it too. You got a team like Winnipeg, like BC, you know, three weeks ago, like they were flying high. They looked unbeatable, right? 
And they're like, this is a new team that hasn't done anything for years. And they get off to a three and all start and the media is going nuts over them, you know, and they're reading all the same stuff about how great they are. And they played Winnipeg, you know, and they got their asses kicked. So <laughs> that's a confluence of factors where you find just a great spot, you know, and it doesn't yes. always work out, you know, a lot of times it doesn't work out, but there's nothing you can do about it because of the in-game variance. You just happen to be on the right side. It's the right play or the prudent play. Doesn't mean it's going to win. But the education is there. That's the approach right. one must take. Is yeah. not, not to predict games. Get all that out of your mind. Wipe it all out. Look for over and under reactions and public perception. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the marriage with, you know, putting yourself out there in the sports betting world. I think that's so tough is right. We live in this world where everything is about a hot take, right. A bullish point. Right. So that's what people want to do. They want to be really loud about their assertions and opinions. You know, like there was a guy on uh, Twitter the other day who, you know, one of us was bringing up the point that the Jaguars maybe could, could win the AFC South. You know, there's, there's some reasons to believe that, I mean, there's definitely some reasons to um, believe that that's going to be a much better team this year, right? I mean, they actually have some adults in the room for the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Uh, but, you know, so then somebody well, else Colts. commented. Yeah, you know, so then somebody else commented, and they're like, nah, you know, Colts by a long shot. And it's like, okay, but my my big thing is, and I'm seeing this a lot in the sports betting world too now, is that there's so much hubris, right? So. So these guys and gals probably have their processes and they've been sticking to them for a little while, or maybe they're brand new and they just want to have these hot takes. So they just have these really strong bullish points. But my, you know, my perspective is always, listen, you're not looking at that with a critical mind, right? Like you already think that you understand all the ins and outs of what's going to happen in that division with that team. At the end of the day, what we're doing here in sports betting is still theory, right? It's philosophy, it's strategy, it's theory. But this isn't a science. Like this isn't like we know exactly what's going to happen in this game. So I love the. I mean, somebody who's been in the industry for as long as you have, the first thing that you are, you know, saying here usually is that you don't. Ultimately, you don't know, right? And it seems like that's really that's really hard for people to say. I don't know. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And and I I don't. I right. never profess to know more than anybody about sports. You know, I've just taken the approach of lo- looking for value, finding value in the numbers, betting it, and letting the chips fall where they may. You see so many new bettors right now, and they're reading all this stuff. One of the things that really sort of irks me, it's my pet, is my, you know, biggest pet peeve is, Uh, People talking about trends, you know, how a team is, you know, 28, 7, and 3 over the last X amount of games after beating so-and-so or just something so ridiculous that these pundits are using to, uh, you know, to to support their their choice, you know, and it's ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous to think that a game from 12 or 15 or eight or three or four years ago has an impact on the game today. And you see it like almost every pundit, almost every uh, uh, sports better or so-called expert that writes about, will talk about these trends, these ridiculous, utterly ridiculous trends. When there's thousands of games played, 
over an extended period of time, trends will develop. Yeah, They'll develop and some are going to stick out. It means absolutely nothing, but they're always looking for ways to support their choice. You know, instead of talking about value and instead of talking about, right. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. They're thinking that because a team is 22, four and three after going over two games in a row, it's insanity to me. Yeah. I mean, my thing about trends is right. If it, if the trend reveals something about the nature and behavioral patterns of a team, then you can take it into account for your, you know, for for the confluence of factors that you are considering for that game, right? So maybe maybe some trend like if it's a trend like you know under forty degrees in the rain, the Tennessee Titans at home tend to have this game plan, and this team they're about to face would is typically horrible against that game plan. Okay, that's at least informing us. Exactly. You know. Yeah, you actually mentioned one the other day about the uh, the NFL. um, uh, What do they call that? The uh, Hall of Fame game about it going under or something. Which is, I mean, you know, that's that that's valid. Like that's a valid trend, if you will. You know, but this other stuff that they put out there to me is utterly ridiculous that you cannot factor so much of it into your handicapping, you know, because yeah, like none the, of those players are there anymore. None of that, right, like it just right. doesn't matter. So, right. right. Like when it's over 71 degrees, the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, right. We brought up the CFL. I've started to handicap the CFL. I'm about 50% right now. You know, I'm having some good, some good days some bad days, but you have, um, any takes on the CFL this season or on the game this night? We got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, against those Elks. The Elks, I mean, from what I see, the Elks are probably the worst team in the CFL, uh, but they are at home, right? Um, so uh, that line opened, what, at four and a half, right? And, you know, predictably moved moved right up to seven, seven and a half where it is now. Do you have any thoughts on that game for tonight? Well, yeah, again, it goes back to the same confluence of factors, you have a team that's undefeated that is the gold standard in the CFL playing what is perceived as the worst team in the CFL. And Edmonton may or may not be the worst team in the CFL. It's very possible they are. They were stuck. I mean, they covered last week, but they were down like 31 to 12 late in the (laughs) game. And, you know, somehow they managed to escape and and cover and win, actually. But you I actually have, picked the Elks in that one. I felt I felt pretty good about that one. That was, yeah, that was a Sherwood pick right there. Value baby. exactly right. <laughs> and it's the same thing this week. You got Edmund, you got Winnipeg coming off that game against a tight game against Calgary. Yep. You know, and Calgary for years was the elite team in the CFL. Winnipeg, Calgary, huge rivalry out west. Huge. They won that game by seven. You know, Calgary had a chance to tie it right at the end. The guy, I don't know if you saw the game, but the guy missed a, a pass in the end zone and was picked off. It was right in his arm. They kind of rolled over together. And uh, the Winnipeg player came up with the ball, game over. Huge rivalry, you know, massive crowd. It was like, it was, it was crazy at IG Field in Winnipeg. And next week, it just so happens that Winnipeg and Calgary have a rematch. So this game is sandwiched, a game against Edmonton. They got to travel to Edmonton. It's like they need this game. Like they 
they need to be focused on this game. It's just an inconvenience to them, you know, to play this garbage team. You know, they're being told how great they are. They're six mm-hmm. and zero. They just beat Calgary. They just beat BC. They just so you have an inflated price. Again, it comes back to inflated prices. Winnipeg is a bigger favorite than they should be. They're seven and a half by game time. It might be eight and a half. So doesn't mean Edmonton's going to win or cover, but to me, that's the prudent play. It's the right play based on the confluence of factors. What, when do CF line, CFL lines typically come out? Like when do they open? Tuesday morning? Sometimes they come out on Monday, sometimes on Tuesday. So, okay. yeah, yeah, because I need to, I would have loved to get on top of that Winnipeg line when it first came out, right? But I don't, I mean, I don't want anything to do with it now. Yeah, but right. it could have, you know, it could have been um, a nice little middle there, right? If you got four yeah. and a half, and then and then and then uh, plus eight, right? Potentially. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that's a that's something I haven't been able to get a grasp on because I do feel like it comes out at different times at the start of the week. Um, it comes out so, on know, Tuesday. I might be I'll asleep you, when it comes out. I'll give you a little insight about the uh, CFL betting lines. Randall the Handall, who is a colleague of mine, I know him very well. He set the CFL lines for 25 years. He was, he set the lines for the CFL for the last 25 years. Last year, they didn't want to pay him what he wanted. And he, he doesn't set the CFL lines anymore. The people setting the CFL lines are way off a lot of, a lot of times. Like they're just not as sharp in the CFL. Like, they're just not that good. Every Tuesday morning, I speak with Randall and we go over the lines, you know, what he thinks they should have been and what they came out as. So we've had like like when Winnipeg, when Saskatchewan came out as a six and a half point favorite this last week, Randall said that line's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. We got in at six and a half, you know, like when it first came out. And today it's at one and a half. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to stick with my bet. I won't. I'm going to come back and buy Saskatchewan at one and a half and go for the middle because, you know, I don't want to, I just don't want to gamble that much on a game like that, even though I'm getting an edge. And that goes back to, uh, you know, something we've spoken about before, you know, uh, beating the closing line, which is a, another topic altogether. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where if you write down what you believe the line should be, if you're educated and you believe what the line should be, and there's a big discrepancy, you know, you got to trust yourself that you found yourself a good number, a good line. Yeah. And I, you know, I could really get off on a tangent here. Um, I know that I have to wrap up in a few minutes, so I'll try to keep this brief, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, I try to tell people this too. Now, this this is not the case for everybody, for sure. It's not the case for most people, but right. for someone like you, Sherwood, who's been in the industry for as long as you have, uh, you know, I mean, I do consider myself. I have, I have pretty solid historical knowledge, like of the NFL, for example. Some yes. of these instincts that we have, right? Some of these impulses that come to our brain as soon as we see a line, um, they are actually informing us. You know, they're not just like impulses that we shouldn't take seriously. They they're you know they're coming from a place where there's a lot of historical knowledge and information back there. We know who these teams are, and you can almost tell right away that it's off. Um, at the same time, you know, 
I don't, you know, I don't suggest to follow that 100% of the time to our listeners, but I would also suggest to take that a little seriously sometimes because uh, it's not, I mean, if you have a lot of, you know, a depth of knowledge in a particular sport, especially betting a particular sport, you know, you just know that something's off. Like the Steelers week one, still a plus six and a half. I know they're facing a good team at Cincinnati, but I like I can't take Cincinnati in that game. I can't. Right. You know, because because what the Steelers do at the start of almost every season, right? People, you know, people take them a little less seriously. It's still the Steelers. It's still one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. You could argue that it's still the best, right? It's, especially with all the depth that they have. And I'm not so certain that these quarterback options are going to be all that bad. You know, and then, you know, they're facing the Cincinnati Bengals team is coming off a Super Bowl loss, but still they overachieved, right? So the public um, perception on them is sky high. So, you know, things like that, right? You just want to like auto trigger a bet. You Absolutely. shouldn't do that. You know, you got to do your research and stuff. Sure. And your prep. But I think for if, if you've been around in this industry a little bit, I think it's also okay to trust that impulse. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. You know, that's a great, great, great point, Farley, to trust your instincts. You've watched as many games as anybody. You know, you have as much knowledge as anybody and to trust your instincts. When I do live betting seminars and we do them all the time, that's one of the key points is to trust your instincts, you know, to trust. And you make great points with with, with this, like the perception on the Bengals. You know, Joe Burrows, like he's going to be, you know, in fantasy drafts, which is a reflection of the market, you know, he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks going in every, in every, uh, well, one of the top three quarterbacks. So the perception on the Bengals is up here and the perception on the dealer Steelers is down here. And that's a great example of everything that we've been talking about, public perception, undervalued teams, overvalued teams, and Cincinnati fits the criteria. Like they just tick so many boxes well, the Steelers tick all the boxes as a play in week one. So that's a, that's a great observation by you. And I 100% agree with you. Trust your instincts. Really trust your instincts. Don't be influenced by – actually, the less that you watch on TV about all this stuff, the better. Just do your own research. Do yeah. your own work. Trust your own instincts. And don't be influenced by the media. The media has a massive influence on – on, on public perception, massive, especially oh, in yeah. the NFL. Well, I appreciate you saying all that, Sherwood. Before I let you go, I, I, I would be remiss not to ask any NFL or college football, you know, takes, perspectives, futures, anything that you want to give us, anything that you're really feeling strong about at the, uh, you know, before this season finally kicks off. I can't wait. Well, I'm looking forward to it, too. I don't want to give out anything right now. I haven't done enough homework to really um, make a, a, a judgment call on who the extremely overvalued or undervalued teams are. You know, I'm very aware of uh, the player movements and, and, and what's what. But uh, I haven't done enough. Like, I haven't looked at the uh, over-under win totals yet. Uh, you know, to really make an educated guess. I have a few things in the back of my mind, but I'll put those out on my website uh, over the next three or four weeks, you know, maybe some futures. But my approach is going to be the same, Farley, you know, as it's always been. And uh, I I really appreciate uh, all that you do. You know, you're a sharp guy. Uh, Speaking of sharp, you know, 
I mean, you're a sharp better, you know, you're, you're considered a sharp person, right? But you hear all these other people talking about sharps and squares and sharps. And, you know, that's another influence, media yeah. influence. Like what is a sharp and what is a square? You know, like this is like, you know, it used to be, it used to really mean something sharps and squares, but in today's right. industry, I don't believe in that stuff either. Sharp. Like what is a sharp? A guy that bets a lot of money, you know, on a game, you know, is that considered a sharp? Like that's how they, that's how they make it sound, you know, like these right. sharp guys that are betting lots. You know, I know guys that bet $25 a game and they're sharp as hell. Like yeah. I want to know what they're betting. You know, nobody knows about who they're betting. So how can a sharp be considered a sharp or a square be considered a square when it really doesn't mean anything? Do you know what I'm saying? Like sharps Absolutely. and squares is an overused uh, oh, yeah. a term, like way overused term. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. everything is getting so so um, oversaturated. But, yeah, there's really no delineation or definition for what a sharp is, right? Exactly. I mean, my, right. You know, perception always was those are the other guys or the girls, right, who can, who can actually, like, set the lines, have the biggest influence on the line. Right. So I understand that perspective. But, I mean, if you talk to, you know, you see what's going on on Twitter, every, you know, every other Joe Better is a shark now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. You, you know, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I totally agree about um, your point, too. Once I started taking myself more seriously, there is a very short list of podcasts or websites that I go to to right. refer to them and, you know, compare my takes to. You're one of them, Sherwood. I appreciate that, that, man. You know, and you will remain to be one of them, that's for sure. So, to me, you're a sharp. Uh, you know, but you know, it, yeah, I totally I put the point. work in, you know, I really do. I put the work in and it's genuine. Like I yeah. put the work in, you know, it's like anything. When you put in the time and the efforts, you're going to be rewarded. doesn't matter what you, you can Absolutely. be collecting cans off the street. You know, if you put in the time and the effort, you're going to be rewarded. And I can sit here with you or with anybody and people that know me know that I put in the time, right? Like I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely genuine. Like I'm not, you know, I don't try and sell anything. I don't try and, you know, put my philosophies on anybody. I'm just trying to educate people. I'm genuine. I do the work and uh, I appreciate guys like you that do the same thing. I really do, man. Like I've been reading your stuff and it's good. It's really good. You know, really you know what you're it. talking about. So um, I mean, coming know. from you, Sherwood, you might not think of yourself this way, but to me, you know, you're an OG, you're a godfather of this industry. Uh, so it, it, it's, it means a tremendous amount just to have you on my podcast, just yeah. to be able to, you know, uh, message you on Twitter and to connect with you. So please remind our listeners, where can they find you? What's your website? Uh, tell them all about you. Because if they, if they don't know you, they will after this, they will visit your website and see what you're all about. The website is sportswagers.ca. I put up selections every single day, whether it's baseball. We do every NFL game. We just break it down. You know, we give out selections, but it's more about the philosophies and the strategies. You know, I bet every game that I put up, but I'm not that concerned about my record. You know, things change. Like I post my games at 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Things change, you know, Farley. By six yeah. o'clock, something changes. You know, you may see something in the, you may have written something up and posted it, and then all of a sudden you don't like it. 
but you don't take it down because for record purposes, it doesn't look good. So uh, I put out my plays every day and I want people more to focus on the strategies and the approach and the, uh, and the uh, uh, philosophies, you know, of, of betting on sports. And we promise you that you'll become a better, a more educated sports better. You know, if you just ignore, not ignore the picks, but just study the reasons of why we're choosing what we're choosing and you'll become a better sports better. I promise you that. So the website is sportswagers.ca. I'm on Twitter at sportswagers3. And uh, I'm always available for to correspond with anyone, man. I love the correspondence. Well, I, I so appreciate you, Sherwood. You have no idea how many bets I've won and how much I've learned from you over the years. Beautiful. So when I take a trip to Niagara, which I still haven't made it there, <laughs> A few beers on me for sure. I appreciate uh, that, man. Ab- absolutely. And I would love to have you back in the pod sometime soon. So follow Sherwood, sportswagers.ca, sportswagers3 on Twitter. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much, man. Peace. Thank you, Farley. <laughs>